I'm going to go off the regular meeting September 14th, 2022 of the Kirkland Park Board is called to order. Recording secretary, please call roll. Please say here when I say your name. Board member Amy Ambrosini. Board member Tammy Cullen. Present. Board member Tessa Hansen. Present. Board member Crystal Timpson. Here. Board member Rashawn Parikh. Vice Chair Mike Holland. Here. Chair Amanda Judd. Here. Staff present are Parks and Community Services Director Lynn Swagstra, Deputy Director John Lloyd, Park Planning and Development Manager Mary Gardaki, Parks Operations Manager Jason Thielen, Recreation Manager Sarah Schellenbarger, and Heather Lance Brazil as Recording Secretary. Thank you, Heather. A quorum is present. Uh, board member Crystal Timpson, Tim, sorry, Crystal, uh, will now read the land acknowledgement. Okay, I just have to find it. We acknowledge that the Southern Salish Sea region lies on the unceded and ancestral land of the Coast Salish peoples, the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, Snohomish, Suquamish, and Tulalip tribes, and other tribes of the Puget Sound Salish people, and that present-day city of Kirkland is in the traditional heartland of the lake people and the river people. We honor with gratitude the land itself, the first people who have reserved treaty rights and continue to live here since time immemorial and their ancestral heritage. Thank you, Crystal. Who would like to read the land acknowledgement at our next meeting? I can, Amanda. Thank you, Tessa. Um, I we changed the agenda up just a bit. I asked to put comments from the chair at the beginning of the meeting rather than at the very end, um, just so I could give you all an update on kind of the timeline of my remainder uh, role on the board. Um, as most of you know, I accepted a, hi Rashawn. Uh, as most of you know, I accepted a, a position uh, with the city of Kirkland um, in the Parks and uh, Community Services uh, Department as a Human Services Coordinator. Um, so consulting with Lynn, um, we thought that the best um, timeline for me to exit would be at the end of the year. So that way I could go ahead and serve the rest of the chair term. And then we can kind of start fresh um, electing new chair and vice chair in December. So I'll still be here for October, uh, November, and December. In December, we will uh, elect the new chair and vice chair, um, and that will be my last meeting. Um, my board term is actually up in March, so I'm only really missing three months, um, and we will probably keep that um, position vacant um, because city council will do interviews and appoint someone um, in March. Um, so that would only be really three months um, that you would be down uh, a park board member. Um, also worth noting, um, uh, the quorum would kind of, uh, I think at that point, uh, we would 
need most people to still show up for, for January, February, March to meet quorum. I just kind of wanted to highlight that too. And um, an apology that there's any inconveniences that, that my lack of presence in those months. Um, but I have definitely uh, enjoyed um, serving with you all. Um, it is very much with a heavy heart um, that I transitioned, but this is my, my dream job and, and I absolutely am loving it. Um, but I get to support you all kind of a different fashion, but I'm sure I will still cross paths with you, hopefully in our parks. Okay, with that said, um, our next item on the agenda, items from the audience. I do not see, well, I do see one attendee. Uh, Meredith, if you would like to make comments, go ahead and raise your hand to, to let us know if you have any public comments that you would like to make. Thank you. Hi guys, it's more of a question. I wasn't sure if there was going to be an update on the timeline for the one thirty-second square park completion. So Meredith, typically comments or items from the audience are opportunities for um, residents to be able to share ideas, um, suggestions. Um, if you would like uh, to ask that question, whose email would be best? John, can you help guide who would be the best person to connect Meredith with? Or if you wanted to if you had an answer. I could share the, oh, sorry. Jason. Meredith, I could share a tiny bit of an update. Um, the goal is to have it completed hopefully sometime in November. They do start to put the carpet down for the turf um, in the next couple of weeks. And as you, if you live nearby, you can see they've got lots of things done. The restroom building is almost done. The lights are up. A lot of the grading's all done. They're starting to work in the back area, working on the playground area and the, hill mound play mound so lots of good progress but they still got a little bit more work to do thanks that's helpful yeah we are one of the the few houses that back up onto the park so we we were starting to get a bit skeptical on the september time frame uh, no judgment of course we know everyone's working really hard so we're just always going to be curious i appreciate you guys um augmenting the standard process to answer my curiosity Sure. The inn at the park, I'm going to guess then. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We have a, a front row view to what we call Mount Mud currently. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Which I'm hoping will be the new ski hill, maybe. That could be advantageous for us. <laughs> well, it's going to be a wonderful amenity for sure for the neighborhood. Uh, hopefully, everyone will enjoy it. Lots of hard work going into that one. So, absolutely. Good job, guys. Thank you. Have a great night, Meredith. Thanks for your comments. Thank you, Meredith. I don't see any other audience members. Uh, we will move on to the approval of minutes. We have two months of minutes to approve. I will start with the June 8th, 2022 minutes. Um, the draft was provided and distributed in your packet. Are there any corrections or amendments that you have for those minutes? Hearing none, the minutes are approved as presented. 
Next, we will go to the July 13th, 2022 minutes draft, also distributed in the board packet. Are there any corrections or amendments to the min minutes that you would like to make? Okay. Um, hearing none, minutes are approved as presented. Moving on to business items. Um, the first item of business is the proposed plan update. We will be hearing from Mary Gardaki, Park Planning and Development Manager, um, to provide an update to the board. Thank you, Chair Judd. And congratulations, Park Board, because we have a pros plan that will be on the City Council agenda on September 20th for adoption. So look forward to a council packet that's typically posted on Friday. And um, I will send you all the link and you will see what a, a document a great document it is, and you, you all should be very, very proud. So um, it was a long journey and we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you, thank you so much. Um, I am still have my play it forward background on because it's not adopted yet. So uh, stranger things have happened, but I, I think we're good. We're on the consent agenda. So, um, and then as far as next steps, we're going to be, as, as the intent of the document uh, relays, um, we're gonna start working on it. And then we're gonna start developing our work plans and um, items for the park board to address as well. So uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us, but it's exciting and it's exciting times, especially as we uh, delve now into and dovetail into the ballot measure initiative. So. Are there any questions for Mary on the pros plan update? No, thank you, Mary. Oh, Mike. Uh, Mary, I was just wondering, are there any, have there been any changes um, by council recently to the, uh, to the plan that uh, has been under discussion? Or is it pretty much what it was, you know, a month ago or so? Uh, it, uh, it it pretty much yes. It we we took the final comments at the last um, meeting with city council, and they were minor um, but important, and so those items were included in the final. Plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Sometimes last minute brainstorms come up and are added, so thank you. Any other questions? Okay, no further questions. I will now move the next agenda item of business, uh, the 2023 Parks Ballot Measure Initiative and Recreation and Aquatic Center Feasibility Study. Uh, Director Lynn Swagstra will be giving that presentation. Hello, everyone. I just wanna double check that you can see the PowerPoint. Yes. Yes, all right. Um, the folks who are on early, um, are you seeing the presenter view? 
I'm seeing the audience view. Okay. It's showing me that it's sharing the presenter view, which is very strange. I'm on a, a different setup tonight. So there's nothing hooked up the way I normally have things hooked up. So it's a, been a little bit of unusual experience for me here. Um, all right, I am going to provide you uh, with an update. Um, so essentially, uh, just to recap, uh, last June, uh, I provided a briefing on the direction that we received uh, to conduct a ballot exploratory process. We discussed uh, the pros plan community engagement, and then that led to the council uh, discussion and corresponding direction to pursue a ballot measure exploratory process. Uh, we talked a little bit about the vision for that um, and about the timeline. I'm going to recap a couple of those key items, but then I'm going to uh, provide more information on where we're at to date. So as you've heard and read in the pros plan, we, we receive feedback through focus groups, stakeholder groups, surveys, events in the parks and open houses. Uh, we have feedback from approximately 4,700 community members. Uh, this process and the feedback received one of the largest um, it was one of the largest processes that the consultants are aware of, and certainly that has been done in the region. Uh, so that was, that was a lot of feedback. Uh, I'll hit the key themes of, with that feedback uh, real briefly here, as in, in one slide. <laughs> <laughs> um, the survey is the primary source for receiving information on the community's priorities. This was corroborated through the qualitative process. There were two segmentations. One is more focused on parks and facilities. That's the left-hand column. And the other is more focused on programs and services, which is the right-hand column. Um, so that information um, just kind of summarizes the top priorities that we saw in the pros plan. Uh, City, City Council received a briefing on the pros plan feedback in January of this year, and based upon that feedback and their involvement with the community over the last several years, they provided direction to pursue a ballot measure exploratory process. This was formalized through the adoption of a new work plan item. Council work plans articulate the highest priorities of the city. Uh, they, they take interdepartmental efforts and require the allocation of significant resources to make those happen. An interdepartmental work group was assembled consisting of staff from Parks and Community Services, as you can imagine, um, Finance, Public Works, Planning, and the City Manager's Office. This group is meeting bi-monthly and um, the overall strategy is being guided by the city manager with implementation by us, PCS, and the ballot action team. Here's a, a visual of the process. Uh, again, you saw this before. There are three components that are actively being worked on right now, and they're being worked on simultaneously. You can see those circled there. Uh, costing analysis is occurring, feasibility study is occurring, and tomorrow is the first PFEC meeting. And I'm gonna highlight each of those three components that are going on right now. So the investment costing, um, you just saw a moment ago, the list of the highest priorities in the pros plan. Uh, so the, uh, there's a set of capital items that require large one-time investments. 
you can see examples there. Um, those, those are the highest priorities that are being costed out. So each one of those items, like a pickleball court, a sports court, off-leash dog parks, all of these items are all being costed out so that um, the, the PFET can understand what it would take uh, to build those if those are selected to be on the ballot measure. There's also a set of operating items um, that involve annual ongoing expenses. Um, an example of that would be staff or equipment needed to uh, essentially offer a program or a service. Uh, so that leads us to the feasibility study that is occurring. Uh, we issued an RFP with a scope of work uh, to develop building program plans. And what that really means is um, a plan of what is going to be in each facility and approximate layout, um, but it's not design, um, site analysis and selection, facility concept plans, capital and operating costs, and also a redevelopment uh, concept for Peter Kirk Park. Um, so specifically, they're asked to provide a large aquatics and recreation center, uh, um, concept plans for a large aquatics and recreation center, two medium recreation and community centers, and then the four sites that are being considered uh, are at, on the screen there. So the community input process will be conducted through a parks funding exploratory committee. That's what we're calling PFEC. Uh, the community's role will be to examine the list of capital and operating investments and provide a recommendation on what, if anything, to include in a potential uh, ballot measure. Uh, this group will not be designing facilities, parks, or trails. They are providing recommendations on what should be included um, and then with what funding mechanism. PFEC was established through uh, Resolution 5551 on August 3rd, and the very next day on August 4th, the application process for PFEC was opened. Um, at the July 19th council meeting, the city council provided helpful feedback, which we then synthesized into um, essentially a process that would uh, select PFEC members by identifying organizations that should be involved due to their unique role in the community. And then also um, another method is to um, open up uh, open applications for any community member to apply. The organizations on this page uh, were asked to participate and then also select their own delegates. Um, not all of the organizations responded and some of them did decline to participate. Um, and then as mentioned, an application was posted online for open recruitment. Uh, to publicize, publicize the opportunity, we issued a press release, uh, posted it on uh, social media. And in this week in Kirkland, we included it in the department newsletter and sent out um, the, the application through emails to just about every user group that we have. Um, so, we, we did a pretty fair amount of, of recruitment for folks to submit applications to, to get on that committee. And then uh, as mentioned, uh, the PFAC kicks off tomorrow night, September 15th, you can see is the first meeting. 
And then it runs all the way through, uh, the meetings run through late February or early March, but the process itself is going to run uh, later than that because once PFAC makes its recommendations to city council, city council will then uh, deliberate on that and make a decision on what, if anything, uh, to put on a ballot measure. So going forward, you can expect uh, updates at every park board meeting, and that will come from us, the staff, but also you have a park board member on PFEC, and that would be Mike Holland, and he will be specifically providing updates as well. And then just to give you a little sneak peek, um, we do actually have a logo and branding um, for the ballot measure. And this might look a little familiar to you. Uh, it's based upon the Play It Forward um, branding, and we've adapted it to be Dive In Now, Create the Future of Kirkland's Aquatics, Recreation, and Open Space. So on that note, I would ask if there are any questions. Sweet. Okay. Hopefully folks feel pretty updated. Mike. Um, has a oh, oh, I see. Okay. Uh-huh. Go ahead, Mike. S seems like I always have a question, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, so I know right now, Lynn, there's a, a feasibility study going uh, going on now, and we've hired a company called, uh, is it Opsis, I think it is? Yes, Opsis. Yeah, Opsis. And um, I know they started a month or so ago, I guess, something like that, mm -hmm. relatively new. Have there been any any progress you, you can talk about uh, so far to date on their on their work and their their feasibility study? I know they're looking at, as you mentioned a minute ago, a, a large aquatic, two medium size, and also what to do with Peter Kirk, Peter Kirk okay. uh, Field Park. Yes. Have any, have any feedback at this point? There, there is, it's all preliminary at this point. Um, and I say preliminary partially because uh, on Friday, the architect and the project team are actually gonna be talking to us along with the city manager to see if um, the thoughts and ideas are consistent with what we understand that the community and city council is looking to see. Um, so thus far, uh, we've looked at the four sites. There's been some site analysis. Uh, one of the sites is considerably less feasible than the other sites because of the construction conditions. So we are uh, narrowing our efforts to three sites, and we are looking at three facilities, uh, one being a large aquatics and recreation center, and the other two being uh, smaller in scale and they would be a little bit more focused. One would be focused on uh, kind of a hybrid of recreation and a community center. And the other would be yeah. a really nice community center with some recreation amenities. Yeah, um, what I've seen looks very, very nice. Is, is it the intent actually then to do the large aquatic plus the two medium size? That is a decision by PFEC. Okay. Yes. Very so, good. Okay. Yeah. yes, PFEC will see all of that information when it comes forward. And mm -hmm. in fact, you'll get your first briefing from the, uh, the consultants in November. So right. they'll update you as to where they're at with the process. Mm 
Okay. And hopefully that will prepare PFEC to then um, have those deliberations in January. So they'll come back and present very thorough information in January on those feasibility studies. And that will include capital costing and operational costing. Right. So that's pretty critical information. Um, it, it, it has to be known in order to put in a potential ballot measure. Definitely. So, uh, ultimately, the PFEC is going to say, hey, look, at here's what we think um, the community wants out of these priorities, and here's how much we think the community might be willing to fund, and here's the type of mechanism we recommend. Hmm. Great. Well, thank you. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it, there's an awful lot of work being done right now already on this, as you mentioned, and it's um, uh, the, the, the PFEC committee is it's just starting tomorrow, and I think it's going to be just a very interesting and exciting four months, five months that they're going to be doing some stuff, doing some things. So, yeah, Mike, you might hear some double information about some of what we just presented now is going to be repeated to PFEC tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, hope, hopefully, that won't be uh, too boring for you. No, uh, I, I <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's the old rule of thumb? How many times do you have to hear something? before you, it actually sinks in, you know, isn't there some, some rule of thumb on, on that? So there is, the more, but I don't, don't know what it is. I yeah, do just want to, I guess the bottom line, the more times you say it, the better off it is for us. Yep. <laughs> so true statement. <laughs> very good. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much. Any other questions? Being no further questions um, or business items, the business items portion of our meeting is closed. I'll now move to the communications portion of the meeting. Um, any questions on the correspondence in the packet? There were a couple of emails that had come through. Nope. Um, any questions or comments on the monthly report? Mike, you know, um, I'm okay if somebody else wants to ask a question. <laughs> so if it, I don't want to, I don't want to hog this hog things here. But um, the monthly reports, I was so impressed uh, to see the uh, the seek uh, the seek adventure. What was the program? Um, oh, seek outdoor adventure program uh, that took place from. I guess mainly um, July and August. Um, it was really interesting to read the write-up and the report. Over 100 teens and and tweens in Kirkland got some great exposure to get out and see some really neat things in the greater uh, Puget Sound area. So uh, and hopefully that program will come back again next next year, maybe even larger. So I wanted to make that comment. Then I had one other comment about the report, but I'll wait if anybody else has a question. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. So um, John, the, um, on the report towards the bottom, it talked about um, recreational programs and it had a color, you know, orange and blue, I think with mm -hmm. the colors about the blue was the, the people who actually took part in the programs and the orange were the ones that were on the waiting list. Mm -hmm. 
And some of the some of the some of the programs, especially for teens, I think it was. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going by memory. Um, had really gigantic wait list, and I was wondering what are the programs that are in such high demand that are not being satisfied right now within within PCS. Looks like Sarah's got and, your answer. I'm, I'm going to take a guess that it's swim lessons, but I mean there was like it was like. 1,500 people took advantage of the programs, and there was four, over 4,000 yeah. that were on the wait list. 4,800. Yeah. So that um, that was in our teen and youth category, and yeah, swim you. lessons is a huge portion of that. Um, I was just looking at these numbers yesterday, and we had over 10,000 individual waitlist signups for aquatics programs at the pool. It wasn't 10,000 different people. It was about 1,500 different people, but trying their darndest to get into any program that they could. Um, wow. So a, a big portion was those swim lessons. Um, wow. We also had really high waitlist for a lot of our youth camps, our junior day camp at uh, North Kirkland Community Center, the day camp at Peter Kirk Community Center, tennis and swim camp, um, and, and a few others that have just been um very high demand so yeah i was i was it's so impressive when you see what kirkland is doing in the way of programs summer programs but when i saw the numbers people waiting and trying it just i had to ask the question like what's driving this this unusually high demand but that what a what a great problem to be so to have programs that are so wanted and i know it's hard to meet the need, especially when we don't have an aquatic center. <laughs> so, and thank you. I do know I, I was able to do a tour of, of North Kirkland Community Center and Peter Kirk Community Center, and I was talking to the respective supervisors of those locations, and it does sound like um, there's a, quite a bit of understaffing, too, for a lot of our programming that I think could probably impact um, meeting the needs and wants of the community. It's been an ongoing challenge to get, get staff hired for those part-time hourly positions for a lot of our ongoing operations, like our facility attendance for rentals and various programs at camps. Yeah. And the, the summer camp, like Peter Kirk Day Camp, for example, we had enough staffing to have 20 kids each week of camp, but in a, I think in 2019 and kind of a more recent normal year, we had 50 kids in that camp and we just couldn't, we couldn't get the staffing to have the necessary supervision requirements for kids to have um, that many. Thank you. Any other questions on the monthly report? Yes, Mike. And just a, a follow-up for Sarah, you said that you couldn't, we couldn't get the the staffing to support any more than 50, and 50 is a big number. Is it the fact that we couldn't, we couldn't find people who wanted, wanted that job or we didn't have funding to hire additional people? It was that we couldn't find people who wanted the job. Um, we've, we've seen um, a, a, a trend the last few years where uh, you know, young people looking for summer jobs are not necessarily looking for a full-time summer job. And so, and, and we need that for our day camp. We need someone who's gonna yeah. show up every single yeah. day of the week and for the 10 weeks of the summer so that there's some consistency in the program. So that's what's made that challenging. And we've um, had to get creative and kind of filling some of those gaps this, um, this year, but um, 
Hope, hoping that will get better. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Seeing no other hands raised, um, we are going to move on to the staff updates and information. We are just breezing through this agenda today, guys. I think we might see a record. I don't know. I'm gonna. I, I don't want to speak too soon. Any um, park board members? Oh wait, no. Sorry, staff updates. Any uh, updates from staff? I will give some. Uh... I think Sarah has some as well. Um, in the packet, uh, you'll see I resumed providing a memo with some key talking points for you all. I apologize for having let that lapse for the past few months. Um, the point of this was it's titled Park Board Liaison Rule, but you can really use, utilize it in, and that's typically when we say that we're talking about you going to the, the neighborhood associations specifically, but it's really liaising, liaising with any member of the public. Um, so part of this is just providing some key updates for you all, for your for your information, as well as to potentially answer any questions that you may hear or find out. So I, I try to pick out some, some key topics and things that have been going on. Uh, I know we had some questions about the um, artwork that was installed at Edith Moulton. And being that that was something that was discussed long, long ago, I thought it would, I'd, I'd provide a little additional context for both the Juanita Beach and the Edith Moulton artwork, um, just so you're aware of what's going on there. Um, the artwork at Edith Moulton is intended to look like a house, and it is intended to be uh, interactive, so people can play on it and climb on it. It was designed as such. It is not a playground by any um, stretch of the imagination, but it is okay for someone to sit on it, read, um, be on the, the artwork. Um, uh, the one beach art was also installed, and there's two components to that. Um, the seating element near the playground, as well as the metal discs that are both on the playground as well as on the, the railing of the um, boardwalk. Um, and the, um, the metal discs represent kind of the, some historic images um, of the area. Um, I don't want to steal Sarah's thunder on the, the recreation programs, but we've got a couple, um, couple big ones going on, the Harvest Festival, and we've got a driving movie series kicking off. Um, although we did just, just today make the decision to cancel the driving movie on the 17th because of low registration. Um, but we've had, uh, we opened up a pop-up dog park at Heritage Park, um, and I, the first day it was open, I ran into Tammy there um, within a few hours of it being open, so um, it's already getting lots of good use and um, feedback from the community. Um, we were able to, um, by popular demand, and I vote on any popular demand, I think we've gotten at least 50 cue um, alerts, the R. Kirkland comments, um, praising the, the Snyder's Corner dog park. Um, I literally think I get one, or at least one a day, if not two to five a day, um, praising that park. So we, we shifted some resources around and left that one open a little longer rather than just moving it to Heritage Park. Um, so now there are three pop-up dog parks, um, Juanita Beach, Heritage Park, and Snyder's. Um, come mid-October when the weather turns and the ground gets pretty nasty, um, that's when we're going to pull the Heritage and the Snyder's Park um, pop-up parks. And then um, the Wanita Beach one will stay open. We do have wood chips in the surface when that area is a little better uh, suited to withstand the weather. Um, the Human Services Division is doing the, the health and wellness fair again, um, so provide us information on that. And Jason's team has installed a 
few lights at Winding Beach Park, um, hopefully that are going to deter the geese. So we're kind of testing that out this year. Um, so seeing that you might walk that park and see these weird orange lights, I wanted to include that so you know what those are as well. Um, so yeah, and I see that Tammy has a question. Um, I saw some of the chit chat about the artwork at Edith Moulton and I had a suggestion. Um, it's natural, it's natural forest lore under it, which makes it look a little bit unfinished. And my thought is if some wood chips went below it, it might be more perceived as a piece of interactive equipment. Right now it looks, um, it, it just, can, I think it confused a lot of people. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> so laid eyes on it since, but Jason says that they can put some wood chips. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't, yeah, I haven't um, been up there in a few so, weeks yeah. here. Yeah, so we I think that'll that. help. I think, I think that'll help diminish some of the chit chat on that neighborhood group. <laughs> Mary, do you know if there's supposed to be a sign or something that's identifying that? Um, it's a, been a great idea. So okay. <laughs> I think one of the one of the lessons we've learned is we've just installed these very abstract pieces of art without any explanation. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, I'm going to work with Sarah Rock on that and come up with some, and hopefully hire a designer and come up with some two interpretive it, signs for each. Well, site. it's also an opportunity to acknowledge the artist. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're great, by the way. Yeah, they're very cool. Amanda, you're muted. Oh, any other questions for John? No. Right. I was just going to say thank you, John. This memo is super helpful when we go to our meetings and stuff. So appreciate I will, it. I will continue doing it. <laughs> Not forget in the future. Sarah, I just wanted to share about a couple of volunteer opportunities we have coming up in case any of you are interested and available, or if you know of people who might be interested in volunteering uh, for some upcoming events. John mentioned Harvest Festival. Um, this is going to be the, the second time that we'll offer this event, and we've just been blown away by the attendance, and it um, takes a lot of folks to make that all happen, make that magic happen. Um, but we are planning, this is a, a fall harvest-themed event um, with entertainment and a kid's zone, tractor rides, petting zoo this year, um, vendors and food trucks, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but we are looking for folks to help us with setup and teardown and then um, helping to run some of those activities during the event itself and keep people safe, um, particularly in the kids zone and around the tractor rides. Um, so that's one opportunity. And then the other, that's on a Saturday, October 1st. Um, coming up in just a couple of weeks here. And then the other volunteer opportunity that we have coming up is at the end of October. It's October 28th, which is a Friday. This is Monster Bash, which is uh, making a comeback since um, COVID started. We haven't had it. Um, this is a Halloween themed party for preschool age kids and their parents. Um, and it uh, includes carnival style games and activities throughout the entire North Korea. Brooklyn Community Center kind of takes over the building. Um, and similarly, we're looking for volunteers to help um, 
run some of those activities uh, for the kids that come to visit. That one's a pretty um, short time frame. I think the event itself is from 10 to noon. And so we're looking for folks for just a few hours in the morning. Um, so if either of those sound like fun to you or you want to pass them along to people, that would be great. Um, you can reach out to me and I can connect you with our event leads or our event volunteer coordinators to get some more info and signed up. Thank you, Sarah. Are there any questions for Sarah? Okay, any other staff updates? No, okay. We will move on to park board member reports. Who would like to share updates, either neighborhood meetings you've attended, other events or interactions you've had with the community that you would like to lift up or questions in general. Rashawn? Yeah, um, so I had a chance to meet some folks I hadn't met before at a local venue and you know, just talking. And you know, I mentioned that I was serving on this, this board. They asked me about um, the team building, KTUB, whatever we're calling it today, the plans for that. And also the state of the well, I used to call it the senior center, you know, it's right by the pool. It was the original one that was built in kind of, I guess, maybe mid seventies. And um, I, I really didn't recall what, if, if there was any plan for it. So I thought I would just pose that for, for folks on the staff, if there's a plan for that. I don't remember it being discussed in the pros plan, but it may have been. Um, maybe there's a plan to combine what was the senior center and the teen center? I don't know. So for the, the teen center right now, we're um, there's a request for proposals out on the street right now that closes at the end of this month. Um, we are seeking a new operator for that um, building to run it as a teen center. Um, so that RFP is out there through the end of October. Uh, Sarah's team is leading that effort. End of um, September, it's open. End of September, sorry. Um, during the month of October, we'd evaluate it. Um, the city is also going to be putting together a proposal of potentially operating it ourselves, um, but we've opened it up to the community um, because historically it was operated by um, YES and the YMCA, and now the building is being leased by um, Studio East. Um, so we want to continue to provide that as an opportunity, and perhaps the community can provide the, the services uh, more efficiently or better than, than we could. So we're going to evaluate um, ourselves versus those folks. Um, hopefully with the decision by the end of the year. Um, Studio East lease does run through May of next year. Um, so there'd be a transition period, um, but my assumption would be that we'd have someone operating that building sometime next summer, um, given a transition period. Um, and if Studio East successfully wins, they would just continue running. Um, the other question you had was about the uh, Peter Community Center. Um, correct. Is it called the community center now? And not it, is. it was called a senior center. It did get changed. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Shortly before, but it's still people still, it's primarily functions as a senior center, but officially is named as a community center. Um, that is part of the, the study that we talked about that we're doing. So we're evaluating the various um, facilities. They did look when there was initial talks to see if they could add a second floor to it as a possible expansion. The building's just not designed to be able to be to handle a second floor 
So it's easier just to tear it down. And yeah. Um, in, I think anyone's opinion. Uh, but that's part of that uh, feasibility study that we're conducting with Opsys right now. So oh, okay. we're evaluating that location to see how that could be reworked within the park. Or, but the teen center, as I recall, I don't know, maybe it's 20 years old or so. I can't remember when it was commissioned. But um, any thought of combining those and making a whole new um, kind of combined facility for different age groups? They'd be kind of in, I don't know, exactly the same space, but maybe some parts would be geared towards yes. seniors and others towards youth. But there wouldn't be like, anyway, yeah, so that, that because it seems like it's a pretty pretty decent size of property that could be developed into mm -hmm. something good. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're looking at doing. Is, as I mentioned, some like one of the focuses is going to be um, just the main recreation aquatic center. One's going to have the more community focus. But I think that the architects are very creative in how they can utilize the space. And it can it can serve multiple different purposes um, because different users use the building at different times of day. Um, so yes, we. That is on the table because um, I do think we could be much more efficient with that space and provide better operating and functioning facilities. That site long ago was was there was the library there before we had the, the big library on the corner, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was a senior center kind of next to that, and it was a big to do for a long time. But it's been a long—I mean, I don't know how forty or fifty years. <laughs> yeah. That senior center was built, so it's due for an upgrade. Okay. It's well, definitely thanks for upgrade. informing me. If I run into anybody, grasp me. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I shall turn them over to you. Please do. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> Mike? So I had just a follow-up from Rashawn's uh, question. Uh, so the, the consultant company we hired, uh, Opsis, to perform our feasibility study of um, uh, in support of the uh, November 2023 ballot initiative, one of the one of their tasks in the feasibility study is to look at Peter Kirk Park and look at how they might revamp it. Does that work? Does that feasibility study for Peter Kirk Park include the teen building and the uh, senior center, the existing structures? Does anybody know that? Con conceivably, yes. Um, so all options are on the table. Uh, no decisions have been made, um, but the architects should be looking at a variety of those types of options. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an old building now. It's been there for a lot of years, and so uh, you know, Rashad was talking about maybe combining it. I, I don't have any preconceived ideas. I was just wondering. So it, it may be uh, part of this part of the feasibility study. It it may be we we don't really have any decisions to that level yet, but it, it's a strong possibility. Okay, thank you. I just offer that um, I noticed that you know we have a lot of assisted living around, and I notice a lot more um, senior citizens. I guess I would say um, a lot of the assisted living have their own programs and whatever, but my guess is that if it was a good facility that you'd get um, a fair amount of demand for it. Mm -hmm. Unscientific, just, just anecdotal. 
it's the best kind of science. Any other park board member reports? Mike, is your is that a fresh hand or is that a okay? Uh, I was able to attend the Juanita Neighborhood Association. They are having their neighborhood picnic this Saturday from 10 to 12 at Edith Moulton Park. Um, also attended the Finn Hill Neighborhood Alliance. I guess it's their picnic, but they call it the Denny Fest. That was the first Saturday of September. It was also the 100th anniversary of O.O. Denny Park. So there was a, a nice little celebration included with that. The city provided birthday cake, essentially. So that was fun and very um, well-received. Um, also want to remind everyone that the fall and winter recreation guide has been posted. Um, so those programs are available. Uh, there's a lot of really great new programming for teens, which is really exciting um, for the fall. Um, and there's also scholarships available. So anytime you get a chance as you are talking with folks in the community, if you could just remind everyone about the scholarship opportunities. Um, and there's lots of really fun um, events coming up um, in the fall, both holiday focused and as well as a, a diverse, um, uh, a lot of emphasis on diversity and um, just new events that I know that um, the city has been very intentional in supporting. Um, so I would encourage everyone to look at the uh, the community guide on the city uh, website um, and to be able to support those. And I think that's it that I had to report. Any last last opportunities? Okay. There being no further business, <clears throat> I will go ahead and adjourn our meeting officially. So before